welcome to the IABC Amina Region podcast. This is Monique Zitnik. And today we have a very special guest. We have Zora Artist, who is actually in my living room in Melbourne on the land of the Wurundjeri people. And this is a real treat because usually I need to do a remote. It's just wonderful to have a fellow European. Welcome, Zora. Thank you so much. And who would have realized that we only live, what, 10 minutes away from each other as well? (laughs) (laughs) And so you are truly a European. I am. I was born in um, what was known as Yugoslavia and is now Serbia quite a few years ago and moved to Australia when I was three and then moved back when I was 10 and then came back to Australia when I was 13 and then became an Australian citizen. But you've got dual citizenship. Yes, absolutely. And myself being half Dutch as well. Mm. So I think we're both fully qualified to be on the IABC Amina region podcast from (laughs) Melbourne. Exactly. And many of you will know Zora. She's not only an IABC member, an IABC fellow, but also the chair of the IABC World Conference 2022, which is happening in New York very shortly at the end of this month. What are you looking forward to the most, Zora? I think just being back in an iconic city and having the opportunity to see people face-to-face from all over the world, people that I know, but also people that I've never met before who I've known via digital or you know through the virtual environment and just to actually be in a room with them and be able to have conversations share ideas just exchange knowledge and have a great time doing it and there's almost back-to-back networking as well so there's so many people can't wait to meet in person mike klein oh my god yes I met Mike Klein on an escalator in Toronto in 2014 and uh, I was going down the escalator and I heard someone from behind me yelling out, Zora, Zora, and I'm like turned around and he's like, it's Mike. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Mike Klein, Twitter. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and it was the beginning of a uh, fabulous relationship. I spoke to him last night. He said to say hi. Oh, good. So our topic for today is teams, people, having a great, healthy, functioning internal communications team. I know that you've got a real background and expertise in strategic alignment. Can you maybe start with a little bit about what you're doing in that space at the moment? And then I'd love to delve into your thoughts on aligning teams and and having healthy teams. Thank you. One of the areas I'm working in with a client at the moment, which is a corporate global one, is working with their global leadership team on developing their communication capability and alignment capabilities. So looking at how can they be not just good communicators, but great communicators. So what we would consider to be just an essential part of leadership to make that become much more natural for them and to understand how to connect the dots between what they do on a day-to-day basis and what their people do on a day-to-day basis and connect that back to their their vision to the corporate strategy to to their dna to their values and how they work together and to make sense of it all for everyone within the business across i think it's 30 countries my role is helping the internal communication team and the corporate affairs team work with the C-suite and the next tier down 
across the world, which is super exciting. So do you, you do workshops or how, how do you do I'm that? I'm co-designing, working with the internal comms team, but also with a pilot group of leaders from around the world. There's a whole range of things that this involves, ranging from your exploratory sort of phase where you're doing that engagement, the stakeholder interviews, understanding the context. So you have to understand their current state before you can take them to where they aspire to be. And then co-designing what a end-to-end program looks like. There's a section which is all about a masterclass on strategic communication and alignment that is being delivered to them, but as well as the whole uh, leadership team, helping them with that and then actually taking them through the training that is required, hands-on training to develop their capability and then help embed that within the way they do things looking at all the various tools and resources and working with that team also on you know how they do their strategic town hall for example where they're talking about the next three or four year strategy so how it all connects back to the corporate strategy so helping them connect the dots so it's an opportunity where I help them get up on the uh, balcony and look down on the dance floor so to speak so taking them from that dance floor and bringing them up so they can see how it all fits together and make it easy for them. And giving them that perspective. And that ties in with the wonderful report that you've written for Populo that you brought to me today, Mm -hmm. um, Growing Beyond Engagement, the Business Value of Internal Communication for the C-Suite. And you covered some of the different engagement and the healthy organisational part in this publication that you wrote all the way back in 2019. Yeah, so it was pre-pandemic and it was an exercise where I spoke to C-suite executives across a whole variety of different sorts of businesses. Interestingly enough, it was looking at employee engagement and is there more beyond engagement where in where internal communications can actually help the C-suite, what's the value of internal comms? And I explored employee experience, employee engagement and strategic alignment and how you bring it all together and why it's all so important. Looking at organizations, a lot of people now, you know, reference employee experience all the time. And, you know, there's a, a great deal of focus on that. But When I think of employee experience and I think of engagement, a lot of people focus on those two areas and think that's almost like the, it's not the nirvana, but it's going to be like a silver bullet of some sort where you're going to have this high-performing team and it's going to all work beautifully. My argument is that it doesn't necessarily mean that's the case because you can have really passionate people who are committed and who are engaged and who are happy at work. But if they're not actually all aligned to what you need them to be aligned to, to if they're not all heading in the same direction, they don't have that shared understanding and that clarity and that meaning, then they could potentially be what you would call free-range sort of employees, where it's very much siloed and not heading in the right direction. So I think that if you look at how you combine employee engagement with experience and combine that with alignment, then you are more likely to have a high-performing organisation but also one that is what I would call healthy. So to me, that's a well organisation that delivers on its promise, not just to 
its customers, but one that delivers on its promise to its people. And it's it's a healthy working environment. So you tick a, a lot of boxes by doing that. I love the imagery of um, free-range employees. I had this vision of a whole bunch of chickens, very happy chickens, running off in all different directions excitedly but not actually achieving very It's actually much. quite funny when you say the chickens piece because when I did the first study into strategic alignment back in 2018 with Wayne Aspland, that was the first study of strategic alignment and communication and leadership ever done. That was supported through the IBC Foundation back in 2018. 18, as I said and we interviewed a number of different people and one of them is our current IBC chair Danielle Bond and at that time she wasn't at the IEB at all and so I was talking to her about you know what they do at the business that she works for which is called Oricon and she spoke about you know if you're not aligned then you're just a bunch of free-range chooks you know, or free range eggs she was talking about. And I thought that was hilarious when she was talking about it, but it made so much sense. It does. And so you mentioned that you're working with leadership teams to Mm. align them. If we take a leadership team or a comms team or any team, if they're not functioning well, if they're underperforming, or if they're like a bunch of free range chickens, (laughs) where do you start and what can you do like what are the some of the things that you would recommend? it's interesting when Wayne and I did the follow-up piece of work to the original study and we did that in 2020 and we spoke to more people and had a look at our organizations better aligned or not what's happening since the pandemic sort of started you know we had a series of steps that other steps you you put in place to get to that road road to alignment as we called it and that first one was know your enemy so by knowing your enemies by understanding and recognizing what your gaps are where are you actually misaligned there's a whole range of different ways that you can tell that a team might not be aligned you know if you if there's conflict if people don't feel safe speaking up if you're noticing people going off and doing their own thing and not aligning back to the strategic goals and objectives and all that sort of stuff if you see that there's for example there could be a team might think they're aligned but the people who work for them actually see that they're not leading effectively they're not performing as well as they could or they're missing opportunities they're not achieving what they're trying to achieve there's a whole range of ways that you can see that so the first step is to actually understand where they're misaligned and i do that through a process using a diagnostic tool that uncovers where the misalignment is so You look at the alignment to the purpose, to the values, to the strategy, to the vision. You look at the sort of behaviors, the learning behaviors that are displayed within that team. So how aligned are they to each other? And then you go through that and you talk to the team. You have a facilitated conversation, which is very respectful, but it's an open conversation. And sometimes that's the first time the teams actually sat down and explored where their gaps are. And they have a really frank conversation and it's a safe space to have that conversation. And then we work out what do they think matters most to them? What do they want to focus on and what are the actions that they would like to take to actually change that? 
and then I check in on them again in three to six months time so that's an alignment process that I do with a colleague of mine Sia Papa Giorgio and we do that together with executive teams with boards with leadership teams and we've done that for a number of different organizations one in particular was with a client that I work with where I was asked to come in and do some work with them on internal comms and I actually before I would jump in and do all that work I actually worked on the alignment within the executive team first and made sure that they were all on the same page and then we tackled the internal comms that they needed to do to make sure that their people bought into their corporate strategy they bought into the purpose and they were you know realigning them back to where they were going the direction they were going because they needed everyone on the same page after going through a really long arduous transformation process and that was fascinating that was fascinating doing that and then working with them and making their communications better as well and their leaders better at communicating and also in your position personally I would find it really really fascinating just to have all of those insights from the different teams and almost not quite as clinical but I mean it is scientific but like a doctor diagnosing the problem working strategically Mm -hmm. through the different outcomes and seeing results at the end of that I can see that that would be super super rewarding it is it is because you get to see what you get to uncover in situations like that when you are working you are working with the top team to start with is you understand how all the pieces come together and then you have also have an opportunity to hear what's happening in the rest of the organization listen to what's being said and what's not being said that they might not even hear and then you can you can join the dots for them and help them be better at what they need to be better at and help them really connect and engage with their people which they might not have done if they just follow this the sort of process where you know it's a it's a step-by-step tactical this is how we do things we just go out there and send out a message and rely on a cascade because relying on the cascade doesn't work. <laughs> I, I hate cascade only. And let's have personal points and here's a deck and just send it out. <laughs> send it and out. then, you know, you'll, then you'll have your leadership, senior leadership meeting and they get a summary of it and they get a deck. And then inevitably, lo and behold, they just send that on to the, their direct reports and hope that it's going to cut through. And then they wonder why there's a frozen middle. Email the memo further. Please oh, refer yeah. to the touched PDF. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they wonder why people leave. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're bringing the the list, the organisational listening into it, as well as all of those other elements, the less free range chickens at the top, and um, yeah, a, a better amplification from the internal comms people of the right messages that are aligned with the corporate yeah. direction. There's even bringing in, and my client's going to love this. Um, and so Michael Nord Mike. and Michael Nord as well, um, <laughs> and Mike Pounceford and all and Howard and Christ and, and Jeffy from Innovaza. Um, I talk I, about the three percenters. So I, I did pick that up a number of years ago at, at an IBC conference, listening to them. You know, the, who are those influencers in the organisation, and how you how do you bring them in? Who are the people? that people go to for their energy just naturally. How do you involve them? How do you bring that piece of the puzzle into it? And how do we influence in a positive way, in an ethical way every time? I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm talking about doing it 
properly. How do we make sure that the right messages are getting across to the right people in the right way? So, you know, you, you bring all these learnings in from all over the place, not just from comms, but it could be from marketing, could be from brand, it could be from HR, from risk governance, all of that. You bring it all together to help people be better at what we do. Sounds brilliant. And it also sounds like you're picking up a lot of things from other peers at the IABC. And I guess that's yet another plug for the World Conference. It is. I was sharing this with someone recently. Um, my first conference was at in New York in, I think it was 2013. And I was, you know, a newly minted vice president or president-elect for the local chapter here in Melbourne and went over there very wide-eyed I had been an IBC member for, I don't know, 18 months maybe, if that, not even. And I knew very little about IBC really. And I uncovered this amazing world that is IBC in terms of the, the global network, the connection, um, the generosity of people just wanting to share. And that's where I started making those first connections to the brain's trust that I call on regularly. Um, and it's just incredible and something that you can't get through being on LinkedIn or Twitter or anywhere else. And I'm a member of different associations. I invest in myself all the time. And this was one of the best investments I had. And then the, the piece that I, I, I talk about is, you know, one of the um, refreshment breaks, the morning tea or an afternoon tea, I can't recall. I was sitting there having a cup of tea with a lady from Long Island and there were two spare seats and two people came up and sat down and one was um, Jane Mitchell who is who's working with me on the World Conference Committee now and she, she's she did the past last chair. Year, yeah, she's yeah. last year. And so one was Jane and the other one was Bill Quirk. And the only subject I ever studied on comms might laugh. So I did a Master of marketing and I've done a master of commerce not a, a master of com so but commerce not comics and the only subject I did was uh, change communication way back this is ages ago and in that one of the best books that we used was Bill Quirk's book and I remember seeing him sit down and I couldn't read the name properly and I could just see Bill and we were chatting away having this conversation I thought god this guy's interesting and so was Jane and the other lady. When he wasn't looking, I sort of stared and I saw his surname and I was just having this fangirl moment on the inside because I didn't want to look obvious. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, there he is. This is the man whose book I reference all the time. And I couldn't believe it. And I thought, oh, wow. So, you know, meeting people like that, meeting people like, say, Shell Holtz, for example, mm-hmm. who I'm now friends with, so many other people is just amazing because it's just an incredible network and they're just so generous and wonderful. I'm just hoping that this, this is my first in-person conference. Oh, is it? Oh. For the IABC and I'm just hoping that I'm as restrained as you and I'm not having fangirl moments every five minutes oh, with yeah, all the fabulous me. people who are going to be there. Mm. But thank you so much for your time. I can't well, wait to see you and everybody at the IABC World Conference in New York at the end of this month. That's going to be fantastic. And I hope as many people from Amina can join us there as well. I think there'll be plenty of us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.